Many of you know that in April, I uh, turned 62, which means I'm old, right? Now, I know it's all relative, but uh, it also means that I am beginning the, the process these next few years of transitioning seasons of life. I don't call it retirement because uh, I have discerned that as a Christian with a biblical worldview, there, there is no such thing as retirement. Did you know that? The Bible doesn't talk about that at all as for Christians. In fact, it is, uh, the, the concept of retirement is a, a relatively modern American idea, which was probably uh, birthed back in the 30s when um, Social Security system was put into place, I think. I haven't really studied it, but um, that's, that's the way I understand it anyway. Um, so I, I understand that we're just moving from one season of life. To, I am moving from one season of life to another. Um, having said that, as we move from transition, or we transition from one season to another, um, our roles and responsibilities often change. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Um, when I was 30 years ago, when my, my kids were little, um, I, I was dad to them. And that was one of the primary roles uh, and responsibilities of my life. But today, 30 years later, my role and responsibility to them has changed drastically. I'm still their dad, but my role and responsibility has changed. Because with seasons of our lives, our roles and responsibilities change, but not our purpose, especially if you're a Christian. The question then becomes, well, what is the purpose of a Christian. Well, Jesus makes it very simple for us, actually. In Matthew chapter 22, he says that the purpose of a God lover is to love God and to love others as we would want to be loved. That's our purpose. Now, there's different roles and responsibilities within that purpose, but if you, uh, if you are a Christian, that is your purpose. To love God and to love others as you'd want to be loved. Helping others to love God too. I want you to keep all that in mind today. That concept of seasons, roles and responsibilities and purpose. Because today as we continue our journey through the parables of Jesus. Uh, what we're going to discover is that um, this particular parable is all about transitioning from season to season. And how important it is for us not to lose our sense of purpose as we do that. Because to lose our sense of purpose, uh, as Christians in particular, with a biblical worldview, could be disastrous, as this parable for today will show. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to uh, Matthew chapter 24. If you're using the church Bibles, that's on page 987. And as you're doing that, as I try to do every week, I will uh, give you some context for um, the passage that we're going to be looking at today. If you've been with us the last few weeks here at Prairie Bible, you'll know that here in, we've been in Matthew chapter 24 for, for several weeks now looking at the parables in this chapter. And um, just about every week I have reminded you that, um, that here in Matthew chapter 24, the context is that all these parables have been taught during Holy Week, which means... Jesus is coming to the culmination of a particular season of his life. 
It, things are going to change drastically. His role and responsibilities are about to change drastically. And the way he uses the parables is changing drastically. For example, um, early on in his ministry, um, parables were often subtle, right? We've talked about this. And you could, you could interpret them in a variety of ways. But as he gets, as he transitions towards the end of this particular season of his life, um, his parables become much more pointed. And some people would suggest more harsh. He doesn't want anybody to uh, miss the point, if you will. Now, as we lead up to this particular parable, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the fact that he's going to die coming to the end of a season. He's going to die, but he's going to rise again. You see that empty cross back there? There's a reason why it's empty because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Amen. But as he talks about the fact that he's going to die and he's going to rise again, he also wants them to know that he is going to ascend into heaven. And then this is what he concludes with before he moves into the parable. He said, even though I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again and I'm going to ascend into heaven, you need to know I'm coming back. Don't make no mistake about it. I'm coming back. Oh, you may, you may perceive uh, that I'm tarrying, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've delayed, or, and you may even begin to wonder, uh, did, I, did I hear him wrong? No, he's coming back. And you need to be ready. So it's with all of that in mind that Jesus, here in Matthew chapter 24, tells this parable, which is known as the parable of the faithful and wise servant. You got it? Um, remember, he's just talking to his disciples about his, his, the fact that he's coming back. He's going to come again. And he says, Who is the faithful and wise servant? that the father has placed in charge of the house. He's talking to his disciples, right? But he's talking to you too. If you have chosen to accept and to follow Jesus as your Lord, in this parable, Jesus is talking to you. He's asking the question, who is the faithful and wise servant that the master has, has placed in charge of the house? Blessed is the faithful and wise servant that is found doing what they were called to do when the master returns unexpectedly. For if you are doing that which you were called to do when the master returns unexpectedly, you shall receive a reward. That good news? That's, that should make you feel awesome. It gives you something to look forward to. And it's also a good reminder that he is coming back. And he's going to come back unexpectedly but he is coming back, and if he finds you doing that which you've been called to do, and what have you been called to do? Two things. Love God, and love others as you love yourself. Right? Not complicated. But this is where things take a turn. Look at verse 48, and I'm going to paraphrase it for you from this point forward, but I want you to read it for yourself. Because this is where Jesus, his tone changes and he gets deadly serious. 
In verse 48, he says, But what about the servant who says to himself, You know, the master has delayed. <laughs> you know, basically what he's saying is, maybe, maybe, maybe he's not coming. Maybe he's forgot about us. Or maybe I interpreted this whole thing wrong. Maybe he didn't literally mean he was coming back. Ah! I think I'm going to just live the way I want to live. I'm going to treat people badly and I'm going to choose to live a sinful and unrepentant life. Who knows if he's coming back anyway, right? Live, drink, and be merry, right? Well, he says, when the master returns unexpectedly and he finds these servants doing those kind of things, look what it says. You got your Bible open? I don't know, it was the last time you read that passage? He says, when the master returns and he finds these servants treating others badly, living a sinful and unrepentant life. He says the master will cut them up into little pieces and cast them with the hypocrites into the place of, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oof! That, pretty dark, right? I, I, I read that that the end of that parable this week, and I'm going, that does not fit our image of the gentle and lowly Jesus that most of us want to cherish, does it? Friends, that is Jesus. You can not like it, but that doesn't change the fact that that's Jesus saying that. It's not Craig, that's Jesus saying that. So what changed? Is Jesus gentle and lowly? Sure He is. But He is also just. And He will speak the truth. And he, what He's trying to say to His disciples, and I'm talking to you too. He was talking to you too. What He was trying to say is, guys, this is serious business. There is no room for subtlety. My time in this season is running out. And you need to listen to me. So what is he saying? He says, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again and I'm going to ascend into heaven, but you better know this, I am coming back. Believe what you want, but I'm coming back. And you have been called with a purpose in between the time of his ascension into heaven and his return. You've been called with a purpose which is to love God and love others. And the question he is asking you is, have you become complacent in your calling, in your purpose? Or have you begun to wonder, well, maybe he's not really coming back. It's been 2,000 years after all. Did you know the scripture says that to God a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day? Did you know that? Just like that to God. And you might ask the question, well, why, why has he tarried? I'll tell you why he has tarried. 
It's because He loves you. He loves, you. He loves us. And He wants the fullness of those who will, who will believe to have the opportunity to believe. So when we think, or we, we have this concept in our head that, that He is delaying or, or tarrying, he's, he's, saying, he's saying, come on, listen to me. I'm speaking the truth to you. Are you listening to me? This is serious business. And there are disastrous results if you're not paying attention. If you're choosing to go your own way. If you're choosing to be. You see, when he, when he, I was listening to, to Adam earlier as he was kind of setting this all up. And, I, and he was going, he's, he's not saying, you better be perfect when I get back. That's not what he's saying. Because you ain't. Neither am I. That's not what he's saying. He's asking, are you being hypocrites? Are you even, are you just playing some game? Some religious game? Is that what you're doing? Because if that's what you're doing, there will be disastrous results. Is it your heart's desire to, to, to love God? Knowing that because you're a sinner, there's going to be days when you fail at that. Is it your heart's desire to love others as you would want to be loved, knowing that there will be days that you fail at that? That's when God's grace just pours all over you and just fills you up. But if you're playing a game, if you're a hypocrite, saying, I never really meant it in the first, that's really what he's getting at here. He says, I, I just, you know, sometimes I, there's, there, did you know that there are people that go to church uh, because it is, uh, it's good for business. There's some people that do. There's some people that go to church because my grandpa was a preacher, so I just better go. This isn't a game. And he's begging his disciples to remember that. He's begging you to remember that. In those times when it gets easy to forget because he has tarried and you get busy with life and you start to wonder and doubt. And everybody has those wonders and doubts. I'm coming back. Don't become complacent. This isn't a game. In the summer of 2020, right in kind of as, as the pandemic was coming into full bloom, if you will, um, I found myself, maybe with a lot of you, wondering, are we in the end times? Is Jesus coming back? You guys think that at that time? Yeah. Um. And I, and I thought, and I started asking myself the question, if He is, if this is the end times, if Jesus is coming back, do, is there anything I need to do to change? And I, as I was thinking through that, and by the way, Jesus told, tells us that nobody knows the, the, the day or the hour, but you can know the time and the season. And I still don't, obviously, that wasn't the, the 
day or the hour, but I'm still not sure whether we're in the time and the season yet. I don't know. Could be. Anyway, I started reflecting. Is there something, if, if we are, is there anything that needs to change? And as I was reflecting and praying over that, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Craig, if there's anything that you need to change, you've been doing it wrong all along. Because whether Jesus is coming back today or a thousand years from now, our purpose is the same. My purpose is the same, and so is yours. Which is to love God and to love others. To help others to love God like you love Him. Now, having said that, when I, when I think about this, I, I started reflecting, as a pastor, I have a, a sense of responsibility that others don't have, right? And I started, so I started thinking about us, our church. I, and I specifically started thinking about our worship service. You know, are there, and I take that self-reflection very seriously. Um, and I asked myself the question, are our, is our worship service a reflection of our purpose? And by the way, I'm not talking about um, whether we're singing hymns or praise choruses. Th those things will change through the seasons. When, you, when seasons change, those kind of things will change. I'm talking about purpose, right? Love God, love others so that they can love God. So I was reflecting on that and as I reflected, I, I was reminded of some things I've been accused of over the years. I've been a pastor for almost 40 years now. And I have been accused often, actually, of being simplistic and shallow. And I don't want to be simplistic and shallow. So I, I, when, I, when I've heard people say that, and I've thought, okay, what am I? You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that often what people are perceiving as simplistic is actually just the simplicity of the gospel. That Jesus is the only way unto salvation. There are a lot of the people that just don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it. That sounds close-minded. And, and what, what people perceive as shallow is really a stubborn insistence. And I said at the first service, if you want to know whether I'm stubborn, you just ask my wife. She'll tell you. <laughs> but we have this, I have this stubborn insistence that every week you will hear us ask you the question, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you made the conscious decision to follow Jesus as Lord? Is there more to the gospel than that? Is there more to being a Christian than that? There's lots more to it. But that is the essence and the purpose. And you will never, we will do lots of things wrong here because we are sinners. But we will not do that wrong. Amen? Amen. Every week you will hear us ask the question, have you made the decision to follow Jesus as your Lord? Have you confessed that you were a sinner and repented of your sin, which means to turn and follow Him? And have you submitted at the foot of the cross, which is empty, by the way, because He's already won? 
And kneeling at the foot of the cross means lordship. Have you chosen to follow Jesus as your Lord? Yes, that's a simple message. But it is a message that needs to be reaffirmed and you need to be reminded of every day as you grow into the fullness of the gospel. Because if you haven't got that firm foundation, you've got nothing. So let me ask, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Everybody needs to make that consciousness. Every single one of you. I don't care that you've been to church every Sunday since you were a baby. I think that's awesome if it's true. But that's going to get you just so far. You must make the conscious decision to accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. To confess your sin. Repent of it. And follow Jesus. The only way to be saved is Jesus. You don't need me to pray that prayer with you, but if you'd like me to, it'd be my privilege. Right over there is our prayer room. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me, I'd, I'll be there in just a moment. If there's something else going on in your life, it'd be my honor to pray with you about those things too. I'll be right over there.